are not accomplished by those who yield to trends and fads and popular opinion. Jack Kerouac. And you know, you're at the end of this 200 mile hiking trip. You think I know what I was doing by then as far as comfortability, but I didn't. I was really just like, I just think I felt really vulnerable out there in the dark, like in the dark. I, I was really uncomfortable. So by, you know, it's only a 4.5 mile from Guitar Lake to the summit, it took me four hours. I mean, it, I was not going fast. I was going really slow and I, I just felt weighed down by my pack. And I was, you know, I think it, hiking in the dark was really intense for me. But then I dropped my bear can off at um, the junction and that helped a lot. And so then I got up there just as the sun was coming up and I made it up there in time. My buddies were all up there and it was cold and it was absolutely incredible. Like seeing the sun come up over like that 360 view is absolutely, it's incredible. I'm Doc. And this is the John Freakin' Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Mirpod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, Dirtbags and Hiker Trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. Well, this week we are heading back to the Sierras and talking to a relatively new backpacker who has just completed a solo hike of the John Muir Trail. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Luna Bailey. How's it going, Luna? Good. Thanks for having me, Doc. I'm stoked to be here. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to talk to you um, because the Sierras, <laughs> one of our favorite places, and the John Muir Trail, one of the best best trails on the planet. Probably the most magical place in the world. I don't know after my experience. I'm like, I oh. get the love for the Sierras now. Okay. All right. You're promising a lot. I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Now, you are familiar with the the uniquely American tradition of trail names. Yeah, typically people will get will get a trail name out there on the trail, usually based on you know maybe where they're from, maybe on some kind of a peculiar mannerism they have, or maybe something that happened on the trail. Did you happen to pick up a trail name out there? I did. I did. I was fortunate enough to pick up one, which is good because I really wanted one because I knew all about it. And I was like, I got to have a trail name if I go the whole time without one. I mean, I don't want to be disappointed, but I'm going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. I got one on day six which wow, is you had, you had to wait six days i know i know but you know it had to be right too i had one other person try to offer me one but it just like didn't really make any sense and he was fishing so i was like i can't take that <laughs> okay and so what what trail name was bestowed upon you my trail name is easy rider easy rider yeah okay. were <laughs> you wearing buddy. a helmet and uh, some sunglasses out there 
no. The I did sunglasses, yes. Helmets, no. So tell us how did how did you come by Easy Rider? Yeah, so it was on day six, which was honestly like one of my worst days on the trail, which is kind of funny. I was coming up um Silver Pass and I was not really like in the best headspace. There were so many mosquitoes that day and I was like coming up and like ideally looking back I should have just stopped I was coming up in the afternoon I should have just stopped and like waited it out and like just chilled for a minute but I was like I just need to keep going and there was mosquitoes eat me up the whole way all the way to the top it's like one o'clock in the afternoon I'm sweating and I was just like this sucks like why am I here like I don't know it just was it was rough and I get to the top and I like see this little lake so I like scurry down to the lake and I was like oh my god I'm finally at the top I'm gonna go for a swim I'm gonna it's gonna make me feel better I'm gonna go for a dip so I went for a dip my first alpine swim my first lake swim of the trail and then I get back up and I'm like talking to this couple on the PCT and they're like you know just introducing themselves and like why are you here like what trail are you doing like da 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 and I'm just like yeah I'm out here to have a good time you know I got five weeks off work I'm just here to enjoy myself I'm taking it slow I'm doing the trail and like 23 days like I'm you know I'm here to have a good time and enjoy myself and they were like wow you're kind of an easy rider and I was like yeah kind of and the guy is like that should be your trail name and I was like yeah I I love it (laughs) yeah I'm I'm taking it nice easy rider now were you going northbound or southbound on the Southbound. southbound and so when you came up to um silver pass the lake was south of that then yeah, it was just this, like, not a lake you're probably supposed to go to off the trail. I had to, like, scurry, like, down. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I dropped, like, probably, you know, a good couple hundred feet. And, like, but it was so clear and, like, perfect. And I knew no one was going to go there to, like, interrupt me because I wasn't in the best headspace. So, and it was National Hiking Naked Today, Naked Day, and I really wanted to swim naked, so I did a skinny dip. And so I was like, all right, well, no one's going to, like, you know, come up right on me at the same time. So I just went for it skinny dipping in an alpine lake how was the temperature cold but fabulous i was so yes. hot we <laughs> climbing up that pass at one o'clock in the afternoon now did the the pct hikers did they come across you while you were still in the water just as i had gotten out and the girl had waved me and she was like hi and i was like hi and i didn't know who she was and then i got up there and she's like oh my god i thought you were my friend i'm so sorry and i was like well we can be friends now like hi <laughs> you know they were really cool nice Hey, uh, Easy Rider, have you listened to the podcast before? Yeah, I've listened to a couple episodes. Okay. Which which couple? Do you have a favorite episode? Um, I listened to the one with uh, Lucky Charm. Okay. That was a good one. She, I really liked her stories about just traveling and like going with the wind. It was really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked because I want to make sure that you are aware of a segment towards the end of the episode called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. That's where I will turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make sure make their next outdoor experience even better. So right. don't be surprised when we get there. Hopefully I have some good trail wisdom. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're going to drop trail wisdom throughout the episode. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> all right. The must bring gear review. Okay. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. Here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Easy Rider, what is your must-bring piece of gear? Mm. And this is for an overnight hike, multiple day? 
Multiple day. Okay. I'm going to go kind of bougie on this one. I'm going to say my inflatable sleeping pad. Okay. Well, that's not bougie. That's, that's, uh, that's reasonable. Sorry. My family's coming in. Um, they're coming in bringing food. Yeah. No, I, I like the bougie sleeping pad. I don't really, I don't know how people sleep on the, the Nemo fold up ones. I just, it, I just can't do it. So I'm going to bring my Nemo X light air sleeping pad. Okay, now I have a question for you. Is that the squeaky brand? Is that the one that sounds like a potato chip bag when you're That's moving around on it? Say, but I don't think it's that loud. I don't, I mean, I've had no one ever complain to me. That's what all the reviews are like, it's so loud. But I mean, I cowboy camp next to my friends that I met like for the last half of the trail and they never said anything. So either they just, you know, wanted to ignore it and not hurt my feelings or I just, it's not that bad. So that's just my opinion. They were either really polite or hard of hearing. Or it didn't make any noise. Or they just did not care. Or they didn't care. One of those options is probably it. That's right. Now, now let's talk about gear for a little bit. What what did your kit look like up in the Sierras? What'd you take? How how big was your pack? Um, I had a forty liter pack. I had a Hyperlite pack. Um, I do like it. Um, it was really hard to carry with the bear can. Um, looking back, I wish I kind of would have gotten, I, I wanted to do kind of like a mix of lightweight and like ultralight and kind of try some stuff out. And I knew about that brand and I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. You know, all these long distance hikers have it. I, looking back, I need a little bit more comfort than that. Um, so I just recently bought a new pack, but so I did the hyperlight pack, which is 40 liters, good size, just with the bear cannon and everything, a little awkward. Um, Did you use a, a bear vault bear canister? Yeah, I have the was 500. It the, was it the full size or the, the smaller yeah, size? The, the 500, the big one. Okay. And so how did yeah, you get that yeah. into a 40 liter pack? <laughs> so so I like jerry rigged it on the top with a bungee cord. Mm. So And I'm like passing all these hikers, these PCT hikers, and they had these nice little straps that just go over the top. And I'm looking at them and going, Where, where's my strap like that? I didn't have, where, where did these people get it? I didn't. I just did it with a bungee cord. I, I, and it like, you know, it worked, but then sometimes I'd be coming down the passes and someone would be like, Hey, your bear can's like, you know, falling off the side. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. It is like, <laughs> good. Thank you for telling me. Cause that could have gone down and opened all my food. That would have sucked. So. Yeah. Sometimes something might fall off your pack, like a, you know, a, a loose sock that you're drying out or uh, maybe a glove right. and you wouldn't notice it. I, mean, I have a feeling that if your, if your bear canister fell off, you, you might notice that. I would really like to hope so. I guess my concern would be it would fall down the side of a mountain. I would just, there, I mean, it would just like slide out when I was coming down a pass and there would be nothing I could do. But it a never la, happened. So, a, a la Cheryl Strayed and, and her boot. Right, right. Yeah. Got right. it. Got it. So you said, you said a hyperlight pack, 40 liter? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and what was your, your, your uh, shelter system? What'd you take? So I have a Nemo Hornet two person um a little bit more on the heavy side but i've had that tent for a couple of years and it's like tried and true it's like just you know so easy to set up i like the freestanding tent it's easy at the end of the night i don't want to be like okay let me get my trekking pull out and like put it up i just maybe at one maybe one day but right now no low maintenance <laughs> okay and you said already the inflatable sleeping pad do you use mm -hmm. a, a quilt or a sleeping bag i use a quilt so i have an enlightenment equipment quilt Mm -hmm. I love that thing. It's great. Nice. I, I've I've found that when, once people try a quilt, there's usually no going back. They're they're sold on it. Totally. It's a little bit weird at first. You're kind of like, okay, 
so this goes like around me or to my pad I like mine around me um I just think it works better um but then you get used to it and you're like wow this is really nice like I stay so warm you know you fold down to a blanket it's fantastic okay now you said did you use the word bougie yeah really bougie <laughs> what so so I, I'm assuming you're, you're, if you're kind of bougie what uh, what luxury items did you take if any I'm like not bougie but then I am I think I think I like to be comfortable. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really feel like I took any luxury items. I mean, I bought like a brought like a small journal. I had a stove. Maybe that's luxury to some people. Um, gosh, those are the, probably the only. I guess a stove would be luxury to some people, but not really to me. I like something hot. <laughs> Did you bring a a lightweight chair? No a chair. No. It that might be something I might consider in the future. A, a chair would be nice. That was the one downside of having the inflatable pad is I didn't have the pad, the accordion pad to sit on. Mm. Uh, and my friends did. And I was like, I would be looking at them. We're all sitting around the campfire, you know, or like the spot where eating dinner. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting on the ground and they're all sitting on their pads. <laughs> yeah. The the long trail hikers always, you know, make fun of me when I when I tell them that, you know, I have to have a chair out there. I, I just, you know, after so many days of sitting on a bear can or sitting on totally. a log, or sitting on a log, it just, man, I, I have to sit with you know leaning against something and so uh, yes, that really comes in handy about 10 minutes on the bear can and you're like all right i need to get up and stretch like this is not really working anymore <laughs> yes so what did your pack weigh with food and water a full day of food i mean 35 36 pounds so it wasn't too heavy okay without food and water what was your base weight I, gosh, I want to say probably 15, 15, maybe I didn't really wasn't super good about weighing all that stuff. I did like my base weight with mostly everything. And then at the end, I always put in a couple more stuff. Yeah. Got it. How many days of food were you carrying? Um, The most we ever did was like six. Okay. Yeah. I plan to do longer Um, from Mir Trail Ranch to um Independence, like Onion Valley. I plan to do longer, but I didn't pack enough food. And the friends I met, we ended up coming into town a day early, which was good because I ran out of food. And I was like, I, I, I need to go into town a day early. Not now that I want to. I need to because I'm out of food. Okay. And what were the names of your friends? The, the, oh, man. The PCT hikers? Oh, no, no. These are some no. other buddies that I met hiking the okay. JMP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did they have trail names? They did. Um, they're interesting. One is lag. He was always lagging behind everybody else, which fits him immensely. Um, one was tortoise methodical guy um very wise for his young age <laughs> and then the other one was lightning macbeth because he was extremely fast and he liked to read a lot so they called him lightning macbeth lightning macbeth wow that's that's quite a trillion that's a lot of syllables it was always really interesting when he introduced himself to people be like people would be like oh okay interesting all right <laughs> it was a lot now are tortoises wise are they usually wise are they considered wise creatures Aren't they? They're like a hundred years old, like the big ones. I would hope they're wise. Okay, I, I guess I if, if, wisdom, if wisdom comes from life experiences, and tortoises live to be a hundred years, okay, I'll I'll buy that argument. Slow, methodical. You know, mm -hmm. they don't rush into anything. <laughs> All, right. All right. And speaking of arguments, it's the hiking pole. I want to hear your arguments on this seven question survey we call the hiking poll. It's not P-O-L-E, like the kind you use on the trail, but it's a P-O-L-L, -L, like a survey. So seven questions, and it's going to help me determine your level of sanity. 
Okay. All right. So it's a scale from zero to 100, zero being completely bonkers, 100 being completely sane. Oh. <laughs> All right. And this, you know, I, I said before the interview started that, you know, I wouldn't be asking you any questions you didn't know the answer to or that you hadn't seen. And that, that was kind of a half truth because you haven't seen these questions. You don't know what, what questions I'm going to ask you. Oh, good. I like that. Okay. More on the moment, you know? Yeah. The, these are some of the big, the big issues facing the world right now. Oh man, no pressure. So, so I'm going to ask you these seven questions and that's going to help me evaluate uh, whether you're completely crazy or completely sane or somewhere in the middle. Now, if I had asked your friends or family, Hey, give, give easy rider a, a, a score from one to a hundred in terms of sanity, what, what do you think they'd say? Mm, I think it would depend on what, I guess who you're talking to on who you're talking to about me. Um, you asked like my grandparents and kind of my family that I don't see all the time. They're like, Oh, she's really normal. You asked like my family that I'm really close with or my close friends. They'd be like, I don't know. She's a little nuts. So I don't know. I would think maybe somewhere in the middle. I would think, I think I'm a little more to the crazy side. I do crazy stuff from time to time. Okay. Well, let's get down to it. Um, you would think from the name hiking pole, these would be questions about hiking. These are not questions about hiking. These are the big questions that society is wrestling with these days. So first question, everyday life, not hiking, everyday life. Do you sleep with your socks on? Oof. No. Unless I'm really cold, but that's not all that often. I'm okay. A, I'm explain, a explain that first word you use there. Oof. Oof. Why, why oof? <laughs> um, I just, it's not right. I want to feel my feet up against each other. Like, you know, like feet on some fresh sheets, nothing better. Oh, that might be the title of this episode. I'm always looking for the title of the episode. <laughs> the interview. Feet on some fresh sheets. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Second question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? You know, I'm going to go with yes, because I think almost any vegetable can go on pizza. And I know pineapple is not a vegetable, but like if you can put other things on pizza, you can put pineapple on pizza. I'm glad you clarified that because I was going to point that out. (laughs) Pineapple is not a vegetable. No, but I like to put like if I'm gonna make a homemade pizza, I'm gonna put like some zucchini on there, like some vet, some maybe some broccoli, like that's what I would do, and that's kind of weird. So who am I to judge pineapple? Mm-hmm. And do you make a lot of homemade pizza? I have in the past, yeah, yeah. We used to do that a lot growing up. We would buy the dough, roll it out ourselves, make it. So yeah. And did you have a pizza oven, or did you use a conventional oven? No, just a conventional oven. I wish we had a pizza oven. We recently purchased a pizza oven and have you like used it? it a few times. It's awesome. It's it's, yeah. it's really good. Really, you have to learn how to use it because it's like right. eight hundred degrees inside there. You can't just let it sit in there for you know, right? Minutes. Right? It will, it will, yeah, it will burn. So yeah, there's there's an art to it. Very cool. Yep. All right. Question number three. You're doing fine so far. All right. Good. No no major deductions as of as of as of right now. And and really only you get, you get a deduction when when I don't agree with you. It's, it's oh, totally man. subjective <laughs> on my part. There's no rhyme or reason to this. All right. Question number three. Do you roll your toilet paper over or under? Okay. If I guess if I have to think about it over, but like, it doesn't bother me if it's under, I don't really care. Like sometimes I'll just put it on the thing and I'm not, I don't even think about it. 
and I just go with it. So if I put some thought into it, over. But, you know, I'll still use the toilet paper if it's under. Hmm. That's very concerning. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Very concerning. I, I don't stress too much about my toilet paper, you know? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Hiking, hiking corollary. Hiking corollary question. Do you pack it out? Yes. The teepee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So do I. I've it's it's so really it's, especially it's, the past couple of years with so many more people hiking. Yeah. I've seen a lot of toilet paper as you know, it, I saw a decent amount in the Sierras too. Um it was definitely like not great. Yeah, I don't enjoy packing it out, but I pack it out. Well, yeah, and, and you something, know, something like you have to do. Ago, could bury it, but just not really anymore. No. Mm-mm. So what is your what is your strategy for packing it out? I, I take a gallon Ziploc bag and mm-hmm. I cover it in uh duct tape. Smart. Now the yeah. duct tape probably adds a couple ounces to the to the my 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 base weight, but I'm I'm willing to 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 carry that load. Yeah, at, at that point, like it doesn't matter, you know. I feel like those little tiny little bits are just kind of silly, in my opinion. I mean, I guess if you're going for time, you know, you're trying to make, you know, you're on a mission to do the PCT in a certain amount of days with the JMT mm-hmm. or whatever. I understand, but I just don't care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did Did you put your used TP in a clear plastic bag? Yeah, I did. Ooh, I have a big wow, one that... and a clear one. You know what? I can think of some trail names for you. <laughs> Something that's, gross, that's probably. Yeah. <laughs> All you right. Know, story kind of, I guess we were coming down Whitney and my buddies were waiting for me and I'm coming down and I'm, we're finishing the, you know, the hike and we're coming down around the same time this girl and she's got like a, a big wag bag, like big gray one. And my friend, I, I don't know what he was thinking, but he goes, Hey, do you mind if I ask you what's in that? And she looked at him and she goes, it's a poop bag. And he goes, oh. And he like just genuinely was like curious of what was in the bag because it was covered. He couldn't see it. And I was like, dude, we've been out here for 23 days. And on the last day, you're going to ask the girl what's in her poop bag? Like, really? Like, And he was like, I just really wanted to know. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's fair. Easy Rider would have been a great story if she would have just handed him the bag and said, here, look. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Looked at him like he was stupid. She was just like, it's a poop bag. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yep, that makes sense. But he was just genuinely so curious. Right. Now, how now, Easy Rider, have you used a wag bag? You know, I did not have to use it. And we hauled ass down Whitney to all get to those toilets. That's right. <laughs> we were all booking it. We were like, we don't really want to be done with the trail. But, you know, we physically, we need to be done with the trail because we got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Each time I've been in the Mount Whitney area, you know, I've had a wag bag with me, but mm-hmm. I've always resisted the urge to, uh, to use it either, either I know where, I know when it's coming. So I, I need to go before I get to that point uh, where you pick yep. up the wag bags and you're not allowed to to dig holes or you, you hold it to the very end. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's always, it's a dangerous game. It is. It's delicate. You know, you're like, all right, am I going to have the coffee this morning or maybe am I going to skip it today? Maybe today's <laughs> not the day for coffee. Okay. Question number four, uh, there are these little animated short videos and they are, uh, the name for them is spelled G-I-F. How do you pronounce that? Gif. Because it's a G. So GIF. GIF. Okay. Not GIF. No, because that that makes me think of peanut butter, which I love. But no, no, GIF. (laughs) Okay. And do you correct people when they say it incorrectly? No. No. Just let it go. No. I don't really correct people ever. I mean, unless they're like going to hurt themselves. I just, I'm like, oh my God, 
but B, you know, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I haven't heard any noise that would clue me in on this next question, but question number five, cats or dogs? Oof. This is such there, a hard there's question. That, there's that oof Because <laughs> I don't want to answer the question because I'm like, oh. Okay. Truthfully, cats. Because I'm more, I think I'm more like a cat, but I equally love dogs. But I'm going to have to go with cats. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I like remind like cats remind me of myself more in that way where dogs are just like they want attention all the time and they're like so always so happy to be with you and they're just like and they're just always like oh my god your attention but cats are like you know not right now but like maybe later and if they want it they're in a good mood fantastic they're your best friend but as soon as they're done they're like all right I got to move on and I'm kind of like that So are you very um you know dogs they have this this you know ever-present affection i mean they're just yeah. happy to see you cats i kind of get the feeling like they, they can care less very independent <laughs> does that describe you um not that i couldn't care less i do i care a lot i care very deeply but i'm not going to go out of my way to be bothered with what someone else is doing usually if it doesn't really have anything to do with me i'm kind of like well you know you do what you want i'm gonna do what i want but I'm going to support you from way over here. You know, like I'm definitely like I support everybody, but I'm like, I'm just going to mind my own business and you do your thing. It's kind of how yeah. I am. All right. All right. Good, good explanation. Now, yeah. now as we, as we are talking here, we hear a little bit of background noise with, with you over there. Yeah. You are sitting, it looks like you're sitting outside. I am. You are. And where, where are you? What, what part of the country? I'm in Long Beach, California right now. So kind of, you know, Southern California, right on the coast. Okay. And why are you sitting outside? Um, I am visiting my grandparents right now, my family. Um, I'm about to go through like a big Hi. Uh, right? Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm about to go through like a big change right now. So I dropped in to see some family. Um kind of explain about my trip, um, my next steps in life. So, you know, don't really like having all those big conversations over the phone. So I figured time to drop in and say hello. Okay. Well, I mean, that is a perfect example right there. As, as I'm asking you the question, about yeah, why know, she's, she's talking to somebody who just walked up uh, a delivery person or what was it? Amazon? I'm not sure. <laughs> a friend. Okay. Yeah, a friend. <laughs> All right. Now, I know you said you don't like having those conversations over the phone, but here we are. I, I would be remiss. If I didn't ask the big question, we're, we're off the hiking pole now. We're, we're a little sidetracked and that's okay. We'll, we'll get right. back to the hiking pole. But you said you've got big changes coming up. What, what's going on? And feel oh, free man. to tell me it's none of my business, but go ahead. Oh, oh my gosh. I'd, I'm happy to hear. share. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a it's a long story in a way. Um, I work in healthcare right now. I've been a CNA for six years. Um, and, you know, I've um, been like, I'm going to be a nurse. And I, I got into nursing school this year at my local community college um, to be an LVN. Um and I've had like a secret part of me that's for the past couple of years been like, do I really want to go to nursing school? I kind of want to go and travel and hike the PCT and, you know, experience that adventure side. And I got done with this trail and I've had a huge shift of I'm not going to nursing school and I'm actually going to jump on the PCT in two weeks and hike Washington and then move out of state. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is huge. So you're gonna hike Washington. Does that mean you're okay. gonna section hike? Yeah, the PCT? I'm, gonna, 
mm-hmm, I'm going to jump on northbound and try to just hike as far as I can into the, you know, the 500 miles that is Washington from the border of Oregon up to the border of Canada and see how far I can get in the next couple of weeks. Okay. And then what are your plans for the PCT after that? Would you then try and take another chunk of it next summer? I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm planning on moving to Colorado for a wilderness therapy job. Um, and it's about a year commitment with them. But there is the option and the availability after that year to kind of take a substantial amount of time off, like five months if I wanted to. So mm-hmm. it's a high possibility. Yeah. Okay. We are we are departing from the outline here. But this <laughs> yeah. is all good stuff. Tell me about wilderness therapy in Colorado. Yeah. What's that all about? Yeah. So like I said, I've been working in healthcare for six years. I mean, I that's been like a huge piece of who I am is human connection and relationship. And I've kind of gotten off the trail and I was like, okay, how can I bring that human connection piece and living outside and backpacking and being outside into a job? Cause that truly, I feel like is what makes me happiest. Um, so the job I'm moving there for hopefully will be working with youth with mental health, addiction, um, depression, anxiety, um, different kinds of mental health things and teach them to backpack camp be outside journal yoga mindfulness techniques and kind of like how nature can be really healing um especially with you know different mental things going on so i'm going to be leading those kind of groups and those expeditions fantastic and i think that is a that is a great combination because i think i think we all know from our experiences out there that that nature is kind of transformational it can take you from your you know your current point of view and really put some perspective into things Oh my gosh, you know, we're people of simplicity and nature and community and being and living that kind of lifestyle. It's absolutely life changing. I mean, it has been for me and I'm excited to share with, you know, youth and other people of how beautiful it can truly be and how life can be really worth living. You know, it really can. Yeah, I actually had a coworker in my office this morning who asked me, what is it about hiking that you like? What is it? What draws you? And I said, you know, there's, there's a few things. One is I think, you know, realizing the power of incremental progress that mm. at the end of the day, I turn around and I look back where I came from. And I say, you know, when I started the day, you know, past that mountain over there, I can't even see where I started. And here I am. That, that's one part of it. Another part was, you know, you're seeing places out there that not everybody sees right. because you have to put in the work to get out there and, and see these things. And right. The and I think part, also, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. One more thing. The third part, I said was that there is a simplicity and purpose. You know, you, you, you get up in the morning, you break camp and your goal is the next campsite and you walk, you walk until you get to the next campsite, you get there, you set up camp, you eat, you eat your food, you go to sleep and you get up and you do it all over again. It's, it's, there's, there's a single mindedness about it. There's a simplicity about it and everything else just kind of falls by the wayside, which is rejuvenating. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with more with everything you just said. It's it's truly the way we're supposed to live. Like, I mean, it, it it touches something like almost animalistic inside of us, something simple inside of us that we're like, this is this is living. This is truly like, you know, meeting my daily needs and nothing beyond that. And that's all I need. And it's also a thing of, you know, you're walking and you're going through these places that you're like, I'm never going to walk here again. Like, I mean, I'm going to see similar things, but I'm not going to be at this exact spot seeing these exact things again. I mean, maybe in the future, maybe, but you know, everything is so fleeting and you kind of hold on to that, you know? Yeah. And that spot, that's even if you do it again, that spot's going to be a little bit different and you are going to be different. And so that particular moment in time, that's, that's a, a, a one, once in a lifetime thing. 
truly it it really is okay all right hey let's get back to the hiking pole i think we have a couple okay. questions left yeah. all right question six do do you use the oxford comma what is the oxford comma okay that's fine that's completely fine that you don't know that if if you are if you are writing and you're listing out a simple series a series of three items or more okay. uh, such as the flag is red white and blue okay how many commas in that sentence the flag is red white and blue red white and blue two i would use two, two. so you, you you say red comma white comma and blue yeah mm -hmm. okay that's the oxford comma that second comma is the oxford comma yeah, I've never heard of that before. I mean, yeah, I I would use two, but I didn't know that was it was called that. Oh, it's cool. huge thing, huge thing. A lot of people have uh, taken to not using the Oxford comma. They say that and is enough of a separator between the second and the third items, and you know, community has really started to uh, to deteriorate. Slide. Uh, yeah, slide. It's it's just not the same. Yeah, people are pissed over the Oxford comma. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, there's whole Reddit groups devoted to this. So I, there's Reddit groups for everything. So that does not surprise me. <laughs> you can find anything you kind of need to know on YouTube or on Reddit. They got you covered. Mm -hmm. You can go down, right down that rabbit hole in each one of those. Oh, man, you really can. Mm -hmm. All right. Question seven. Last question in the survey. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Oof. I'm going to put your tacos in a bag. Okay, thanks. Put them in the fridge? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. What was that about tacos? I put my tacos in the fridge. Okay. Tacos are in the fridge. I don't All know right. why tacos, tacos, tacos and hot dogs, very similar in that they have a, a hinge, yes. right? They are. They're like the same, just different types of food, I guess. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go with both tacos and hot dogs are both not sandwiches. Okay. Because I think they're wraps. They fold over whatever is in their inside. So they, they're wrapping their inside. But sandwiches, they're not connected at the end. Okay. You would put two pieces of bread together. All right. So it's the hinge. It's the hinged bread yes. that is the difference maker for you. Now, is a wrap – so a wrap is not a sandwich in your opinion. I guess a wrap is like – gosh, I guess not. No, it's not. It's It's a wrap. <laughs> so you, you sit down at a restaurant you, you, you they, they give you the menu and is there a a section specifically called wraps or do the wraps appear under the sandwich section if this is a good sandwich shop or place you know they're gonna have wraps in their own area okay. burritos i guess could fall under that too you know burritos and wraps because a wrap could be a burrito too you know but they're just like a little bit different but like oh, we are really going far afield on this one I really love food, if you couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, no. I wouldn't a lot of thought into this one. <laughs> now, how about a hoagie? Oh, gosh. Because it seems to me that a hoagie has hinged bread as well. It does. It does. This is, this is where it gets complicated and where it gets serious, you know. There's, there's a lot of nuance to this. There is. And it's like, yeah, they're really. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to stick to my guns and go. Hoagie's more of a wrap. I'm just going to. I'm going to keep going with it. Oh, wow. You are. <laughs> You are doubling down on this. Doubling down. You are not giving an inch. No, I'm not. This might put me over the edge on the crazy scale. All right. Hang on a sec. Let me make some notation here. All right. <laughs> All right. Got to do some quick addition here. I got to carry the two. 
We're going to divide by root 5. Going to multiply by pi. And we're going to adjust for the pulse rate while going over Forrester Pass in a thunderstorm. Oh. Since you 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 were on the JMT. So uh, I come up with a questionable score of 65. Oh, 65. Okay. 65. I, you know, you, why is it you, questionable? You, you well, you said you said you're a little bit on the crazy side, you thought. And usually, you know, a lot of people I talk to are like in the 70s, maybe low 80s. This hmm. is a dip down into the 60s. Wow. This is this is surprising. <laughs> Badge of honor know. for you. I I yeah. I, I think I am a little bit on the crazy side. I really think I am. Okay. All right. So we heard a little bit about uh, your your profession and how you were you were making money. You worked in the health field for six years, and now there's a a departure. You're going to be heading to Colorado for uh, wilderness therapy. That's the um, plan. Let's back up a little bit and let's let's hear from you about uh, your background growing up. Did you play any sports and hobbies while in high school? And how did you get involved in the thru-hiking cult? Yeah. Um, I've grown up in San Luis Obispo, California. So it's kind of between like Santa Cruz um, and Santa Barbara and then like LA and San Francisco for a mm-hmm. clear reference. And it's an outdoorsy, um, it's an outdoorsy place. There's a lot of outdoor activities is. there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of climbing, mountain biking, mm-hmm. um, surfing. Yeah. Outdoorsy for sure. Small town though. Um, beautiful town. Um, yeah, I grew up, I mean, my parents are big hippies, you know, with the name like Luna kind of comes with the territory, I guess. Um, uh, my dad was a trail worker for like the first half of my life. And my parents met in the California Conservation Corps building trails um, and they knew each other for about a week. And then he, my dad got a job working for Yellowstone and my mom followed him. So trails and backpacking and camping has been kind of a part of my life for a long time. Um, you know, went a little bit as a kid early high school, later um, middle school, backpacking trips. And I kind of fell off there for a little while in high school. And then probably about three years ago when I was around like 22, I started like doing it again, just kind of picking it back up and been like, oh, going to Big Sur in California. And then um, going to Kings Canyon, doing like Sespe and Ojai and just little trips here and there. Um, and, you know, first it was kind of like, oh, just something to do, something something interesting. And then I kind of be like, all right, going on longer trips. And then, and then I start going by myself. And people will be like, you're backpacking by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I'm my best company. I, and lots of my friends didn't want to go. And, like, people weren't interested. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go by myself. And I started just going by myself. And it was awesome. And I actually really enjoyed it. And it was almost my preferred way to hike and camp and backpack for a while just because it was easy. You know, I didn't need to stop and ask anybody, do you want to stop here? Or where do you want to go? I just thought of it and I did it. And I loved that. Um, and then I really started learning about through hiking when I read wild, you know, like every woman almost, it seems to be, that's the case, but I read that book and I just, I got done and I cried and I cried when I read, and I wanted to read it all over again for the first time. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like, and then I started really diving into what, what is the PCT and, um, I kind of fell in love with the idea of it for a while for a good year. I was just like, I just was obsessed. I was like, this is amazing. So um, this was last summer that uh, that kind of time period was really happening. And I was kind of like, okay, how can I do a distance through hike and still be employed full time at my job? Um, I'll do the John Muir trail. So I decided last year, last summer of 2021, I'm doing it next year. And I just manifested it and made it happen. And 
went, went by myself and it was you know I had big goals of and like ideas of what it was going to be and it was kind of everything I wanted and beyond truly and so I've got some follow-up questions for you sure. all right so what you, you touched on a little bit but I want a little bit more on what is the attraction of hiking solo why mm-hmm. why solo what are, what are the advantages I don't know. I did a backpacking trip with a friend for five days and this friend was like, we are good friends and we got along really well, but it was, it was hard. I mean, and I think our mistake was hiking together the whole time. Like even during the day, like we would only get, you know, 500 yards apart. We could still see each other and every night together. And we like shared a tent. And I remember being done and being like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can talk to you for weeks. Like, I, I don't know if I can see you anymore. Like you're, I love you still, but I'm very tired. I don't know if I can do this. So I started kind of, that was when I started really hiking by myself and just the simplicity and the quietness of it and being able to like, if I want to stop here, I can stop here. I don't need to ask anybody's permission. I don't need to check in with anybody. Um, I can just do whatever. And I got a lot of questions and especially being a woman, you know, a young woman hiking by yourself, people like, oh, you're going by yourself. And I'd be like, yeah. And they'd be like, aren't you scared? And I'd be like, scared of what? Like animals? Like, I mean, yeah, they're there. Like. People are just as scary, you know, cars are just as scary. I don't, I didn't really know what to say. And that kind of elusiveness of it, of the being the solo kind of was really interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. There, there is no hiding from each other out on the trail. No. You're out there 24 seven with each other. And so if there are, if there's any bit of friction, it, it just kind of is amplified. I think it, yeah, it was an interesting experience. And looking back, obviously, looking back, there was things I could have done differently to make the experience a little more enjoyable. And it wasn't like nobody's fault. It was just like it's a lot of time to spend with somebody day in, day out. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Luna, have you read Alone in Wonderland? No. By Christine Reed? Mm-mm. So she talks about a lot of the issues you you just went through. And mm. so... She she did the Wonderland Trail, which goes around Mount Rainier mm-hmm. in Washington, and uh, did it solo, and faced a lot of those same questions of you know, aren't you afraid? What you know, what what does mm-hmm. it mean to to be hiking solo as a woman? And really, really good book. Uh, had her on the podcast. Great interview. Great episode. We will uh, check it out for sure. I think you enjoy it. Yeah. 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 It sounds All like right. something I'd like. I'll check it out. And so I, I introduced you at the beginning of the episode as someone who is new to hiking, but I think I want to take that back because this sounds like it's in your blood. I mean, if you if you had hippie parents who met in the conservation yeah. corps and, and were working on trails, I mean, you were you were born for this. I'm new to through hiking, I guess, okay. as a thing, but I wouldn't say I'm new to hiking. No, okay. um, yeah, it is in my blood, and I I think I this experience really has made me acknowledge that. Like I've always mm-hmm. known that. It's just made me be like active about you know, exploring that part of myself. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of your hippie parents, um, because of their background, what was their reaction to these major life decisions that you've made? Were they, were they understanding and accepting or was there a little pushback or, you know, how did that, were they concerned? Um, well, I'm just going to speak for my mom, if that's okay. Um, sure. She's been nothing but supportive. Um, absolutely wonderful. You know, I got back and I think she told me when she picked me up, um, she didn't tell me this before, but when she picked me up, she said, I knew dropping you off because she dropped me off and picked me up because, you know, we're really close and she lives in California. So um, she said she knew that things were going to be different and she didn't know how and she didn't know what was going to be different, but she knew something like this was going to happen. 
Um, and at first it was kind of funny because like the first couple of days being back, I was like going back and forth of what am I going to do? Like, what's next? Like, what do I want to do? And I came to her and I said, can we pretend for a week that I'm going to quit my job and go hiking and see how that feels? And she was like, yeah, we can pretend let's do it. And I was like, all right, cool. That lasted about two days and about two days in, I'm like, yeah, so I'm going to quit my job. That's happening now. She goes, we're not pretending. And I said, no, no, this feels really good. And I'm going to continue on with this. So she's really proud of me, actually. Yeah, she's stoked. She obviously noticed something had changed in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've expressed for a while that I'm ready to travel and ready to do some different things than what I've been doing. I just haven't been fully honest with myself because I've been really focused on career and providing a financial future for myself. And those things are still important to me, but I have the rest of my life to do that. And it's kind of taken a backseat to what's become more important to me now, which is finding adventure. Um, And that's what makes me feel like myself, you know, I've been searching for purpose in my career for a long time and I love my job. And I just recently, you know, when I got into nursing school in January, I was like searching for this feeling of purpose and I thought that would be it. And like, I was like, Oh, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And I, I felt happy, but I didn't feel the feeling of purpose that I wanted. I got done with hiking and I was like, this is the feeling that I've been wanting. This is the feeling of being alive and being in my authentic self. And this is, this is it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that feeling. You know, I don't care about financial future. If I'm giving up something that I'm extremely passionate about, I I don't care. And I can hear the passion as you speak. Yeah. So you, you are, you are lit up right now. Yeah. I, I feel that way. I, I feel like excited talking about it and it's exciting to feel excited you know so what we're searching for in life is these moments of like aha this is it you know they don't come around all that often that's right now before we go to break uh just real quick i heard you mention the sespe wilderness and ojai yeah and did you do the devil's punch bowl hike no i did the um the sespe like hot springs and willits hot springs um i'm not i've never heard of the devil's punch bowl that sounds cool though yeah, yes, check it out. Check it yeah. out. So it's a nice little hike. All right. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna hear about uh places like uh Kings Canyon, Dinky Lakes, Big Sur, the Trans Catalina Trail, which you and I, you know, we 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 can have some good stories on that because I just finished that. <laughs> That's a good one. And uh then we'll get to the JMT. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, 
Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs, with the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it. Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome back. We are talking to Luna Bailey, also known as Easy Writer. And we've heard about her background and her her recent uh, big decisions in her life. And now we're going to get to some of some of her recent and maybe not so recent hikes and yeah. hear about some of her experiences out there. So you mentioned Kings Canyon earlier. Mm-hmm. What, what kinds of hikes did you do? Have you done in Kings Canyon? So I've done like the Jenny lakes and Weaver Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done those loops a couple of times. Um, that was kind of my introduction into more mountainous, uh, backpacking. Cause I've done a lot in big Sur, which is mountains, but you know, right off the coast, very like mellow, creeks lakes so that was kind of some of my first more big experience as an adult into like more alpine type type backpacking right now some alternate um hiking pool questions include is life better or above uh better or better or no hang on is life better above or below the tree line oh that's a good question which do you prefer I want to say the easy answer would be below because I feel like you have a little bit more comfortability below, you know, your lower elevation in the trees, but you know, you can't beat those views of being above the tree line. So above the tree line. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And you know, buddy who I've done a lot of hiking with and who has been on the, on the podcast a couple of times, uh, he spends a lot of time every summer his family goes to Dinky Lakes. I'm not sure a lot of people are familiar with Dinky Lakes. Yeah. I've only been that one time with my dad. I, I remember we just drove way out there and I was probably 14 maybe. And he was like, Oh, it'll be fun. Just like a loop. We did like 15 miles in a day. I remember not enjoying it at all. I was like, what, what are we doing out here? This is not fun. You know? And he made us carry a lot of stuff. And at 14, someone who didn't really want to go, I mean, like I liked camping at that time, but I didn't want to hike 15 miles with like, you know, 30 pounds on my back. I was not into it. That's funny because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who talk about their first backpacking experience as being, you know, kind of a miserable experience, whether it's because they didn't have the right equipment or they're wearing the wrong shoes or they just didn't have a good time. And yet here we are. I know. 
it's, you it's making so big funny. life decisions and and committing wholeheartedly to this kind of lifestyle. What what is it that even though you had that negative experience or you you think you think poorly of it, you know, when you remember back when you were 14, yet here you are coming right back to it. Mm. Well, you touched on it earlier. It's that like little increments of accomplishments. It's like looking back and being like, holy shit, I just did that. Like I just hiked however many miles. Like the average person does not do that. Like it's that self of that sense of like self-accomplishment that's so it's it's like almost tangible. It almost is. It's like I just did that. And I don't know, it's hard and challenging. It's yeah, it the challenge really. And Dinky Lakes, for those folks who might not be familiar, they are in the uh I, I was by the foothills of the Sierras on the western side, maybe just yeah. below Shaver Lake. Yeah, I think that's right. I haven't been back to that area since, so I'm like not a hundred percent sure, but mm-hmm. that sounds right. It's it's somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about uh the Trans Catalina Trail. When did you do that? I did that one last summer. So that was the hike that I did with the friend for multiple days and we got kind of sick of each other at the end. Okay. Let's talk about about Trans Catalina. So you yeah. did you leave out of Long Beach or San Pedro? San Pedro. Okay. San Pedro to Avalon. Mm-hmm. And how many uh I mean Catalina is an interesting place because you have to book each individual campsite. It's not like going uh, in the Sierras and saying, you know, I'm going to enter at this point. I'm going to exit at this point at this date. And you kind of are, are left up to your own. You have to give a, a kind of a, a a tentative itinerary, but that they know it's, it's subject to change and you kind of just camp where you camp. But on Catalina, you have to book each indiv- in individual campsite. Yeah, that was really interesting. Looking back, looking back on it i feel like i wouldn't have wanted to spend as much money as i did on that trip in a way um but at that time i really wanted to do it and it was a really fun experience it was yeah booking the individual campsite is interesting i mean it makes sense because they have so many people that want to do it and you know it's a small island but doesn't really leave much room for spontaneity which is kind of a bummer but it's what it is they got to make make money you know okay and so what were your campsites so we did Avalon to Blackjack and uh-huh. then we did Blackjack to Little Harbor and then Little Harbor to Two Harbors, Two Harbors to Parsons. Okay. So you did camp in Two Harbors. Mm-hmm, we did. The times, the two times that I've gone all the way to Parsons, I we have uh, gone from Little Harbor to, to, to Parsons. We stopped in Two up- Harbors for lunch. Did you go up like the Silver Peak or whatever it is, the really tall peak? So the first time we did the the ocean route, you know, the flat fire road out there, which can be tedious because you're going in and out of the different harbors. Uh, but this last time we did do the overland route. Yeah, it's it's steep. I I mean, it's a good climb. I mean, looking back now, what I've done, it's like nothing. But at that time, I remember just going, this is never going to end. Like, this is hard. Yeah. That, that hike was hard. It was hot. We did it in July. It was hot. I looking, you know, uh, obviously there's tons of things I would change, but I just, it was hot. <laughs> it was a, it was a rough hike. It was a lot of fun. It was beautiful. Swimming in the oceans was wonderful, but it was a hard one for me for sure. Which was the better campsite for you? Um, Little Harbor or Parsons? Mm. 
Parsons was more beautiful in like the morning and the evening, but you know, we got to Parsons at like two o'clock and there was no shade and we were hot. And so that was a little bit rough for the first couple hours. But once like it got cooler, Parsons was absolutely amazing. And having a fire on that beach right there was so cool. Yeah. And I love Little Harbor. I mean, we, you know, I think if you had asked me after my, my, from the hike from two years ago, I probably would have said Parsons, but this mm-hmm. past, this past, uh, like three weeks ago, uh, Little Harbor was just gorgeous. We got in there. We had the campsite closest to the beach. It was just mm. amazing. Yeah, I like Little Harbor a lot. We met a funny family there who were, you know, we were just like sitting out. It's probably like 5 p.m. We're just, you know, hanging out, whatever. And this family keeps looking at us and they're looking at us and they're looking at us. And like, they've got so much stuff, you know, they've got a, a tent you could stand in. They have everything. And so we're walking by to go to the ocean and they're like, did you girls carry all that on your back and we were like yeah you know we're backpacking on the island they're like whoa whoa we were like yeah and they're like can we get you guys anything and we were like we're good right now he's like a beer i was like i'll take a beer and then my friend was like no she doesn't drink and then he's like a beer and she's like no he's like wine she's like no he's like vodka she's like no he's like a soda and she's like no he's like a sparkling water and she's like okay i'll take the sparkling water like they had everything and they were just like, couldn't believe we were hiking around them. They could not believe it. Yeah. Little Harbor is accessible by car. And so there are some folks there that, you know, get dropped off there with all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They could, they were mind blown. Now, how brutal was the hike into blackjack? The last section for me going into blackjack is always just absolutely miserable. Yeah, when you come up and then there's the last little like thing you can sit under the little shelter and then you're going down before the campsite that it was hard for sure, hot. And just, you know, you're kind of like, oh my God, am I ever going to get there? Right, right. Any encounters with bison? Yeah, we did have to walk around a few a couple of times, but like there was only a small handful and we, you know, we had enough space to walk 300, 400 feet around them. So it was no big deal. It was cool. It was really cool to see them. Um yeah. Okay. Now, was that, uh, what was your favorite part of the hike? Swimming in the ocean. It was really nice to like, just like jump in the ocean. Like, I mean, I guess you can do that with lakes too, but I love the ocean. Um, and camping on the beach. Um, and that was like my first multi day long hike for me. Like, that was my first introduction to like living kind of out of your backpack in a way. Um, and I remember getting done and being like, if I had a shower and some food and like resupply my food, I could have kept going. I remember thinking that and being like, I, I could have kept going. My friend was like, I'm so glad to be done. I'm like, I'm not like, I don't really want to hike around the island again, but let's go hike somewhere else, you know? And I, and I remember thinking that, and I think that feeling probably stuck with me that this whole next year, you know? You know why else the Catalina, the Trans Catalina Trail is nice because you you do some good eating on that trail. Mm-hmm, you do. Yeah, the yeah, that was the, fun. the airport mm-hmm. after blackjack, you have, you have a two mile hike to the airport and you stop in the in the little restaurant there at the airport and then you can have breakfast burrito burgers. In fact, we had a I had a burger and then I packed out a burrito. I had, nice. I had a burrito at uh, at Little Harbor. That must have been awesome. That was a good it idea. Was. It was. And then as you're going through two harbors, I mean, you, they've got restaurants there as well. Yeah. Having fresh food like that is really nice. All right. Hey, let's get to what we've all been waiting for, the JMT. Mm. So you did a 
You said southbound hike. You started in Happy Isles? Uh, I started in Tuolumne Meadows. Tuolumne. Okay. Started in Tuolumne. And what, what date was that? That was on the 16th, June 16th. June 16th of this year? Yep. Okay. And you, did you take all five weeks? No. So I had a week before um, just to kind of prepare. And then I hiked for three. And then I had a week off after the trail to kind of decompress. Got it. So you did, I think you said 23 days? Yeah, I did 23 days and I had, I took a lot of zeros, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I did three zeros and like one Nero, or I did something like that. So I had a decent amount of rest. So I had about 20 to 19 actual hiking days. Okay. And when did you finish? I finished on July 7th of this year, obviously. July 7th. I was on the High Sierra Trail end of June beginning of july oh man we just crossed we might we might have been close to crossing each other at some yeah (laughs) may have just missed each other all right now had was this your first solo through hike Mm -hmm. yeah and did it live up to your expectations oh my god surpassed them completely and, you know, I think I, I, I didn't, I tried not to set expectations because I didn't want to be disappointed. Um, I think I had expectations for like personal growth. Um, I had hopes for personal growth. That's what I wanted. I wanted to just go and experience and just have a really good time and grow and change. And I got all of that. Do you have any aha moments on the trail? Not like on the trail, I would say, but I definitely had aha moments after the trail. And I think coming into town and like just meeting people. And I spent a couple of days in Bishop, like when we resupplied at Independence. And I remember being in Bishop and we hung out a day longer than we planned. Um, and I just remember being in Bishop and just being like, this is just this feeling of coming to town and being so happy to see people and have a like, service and food and electricity and like just being so grateful i remember being like i want to feel this like simple and happy around to be around society all the time like this is how it should be i'm so grateful to be here i'm so grateful to be here and i'm and then i'm you know a couple days go by and i'm like i'm so stoked to go hiking like i think that was probably my what my start of my aha moment for me Mm -hmm. now were you were you satisfied with the amount of time that you took and the fact that you took some zeros and neros oh yeah yeah. yeah, I wouldn't change any of that. Um, I met great people. I wouldn't rush. You know, that was kind of like what I told the couple who gave me my trail name. I said, I'm not here to to bang out 15, 18 miles a day right away. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I physically don't want to do it. And I'm in no rush. I, if I want to sit down and have an hour lunch, then I want to sit down and have an hour lunch. I don't want to be like, oh, my God, I have to get going. Obviously, you know, if you're trying to make different when you've been hiking for four months and you're on the PCT, but I'm like, I have. 20 something days out here. I want to enjoy every single one of them. Yeah. I have no criticism for anybody who's out there hiking. You know, it's, you know, it's hike your own hike, do Mm -hmm. do what you're comfortable with, do how you want to do it. But I think there's, I think there's something to be said for taking your time and pacing yourself and being able to look around and soak up, you know, what you're in the middle of out there. Yeah. Like, I mean, we had a couple of times where there would be these random lakes that we weren't planning on stopping, but I was like, let's just jump in. And we had the freedom and the time to do that. And like, Looking back, those are some of my favorite memories when we just stopped and laughed. And, you know, the guys that I met in high school, they wanted to take an hour lunch and just hang out. And it was great. And some people don't want to do that. And I understand. But 
that's not the type of person I am. I just want to have fun and I'm out here to have a good time. Now, how many Alpine Lake plunges did you participate in? Um, the count ended up being like over 10. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. I, we made it a goal towards the end to do it every single day, especially the last couple of days. I mean, we did, we were like every single lake that we are available to swim in, we're doing it, you know? Okay. And were they obscure lakes or did you, did you hop into some of the, the more prominent lakes? Definitely some of the more prominent ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, we, we really didn't care. Um, my favorite lake swim was Ray Lakes. That place is just, oh my God, that, that whole little section right there is just absolutely mind blowing. We jumped in so many times, like, oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I, I've jumped into, let's see, uh, Lower Palisade, mm -hmm. Ardry Lake and Wanda Lake. Nice. Nice. I think I did. I think I did all of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you have a, a favorite campsite on the trail? Mm. Somewhere you'd recommend others to, uh, to try? Yeah, obviously Ray Lakes is a good one. Um, I'm trying. Where to where where at Ray Lakes did you stay? Was it uh, first, second, third? We actually did not camp there, but I would recommend camping there. Okay. I would. You kind of plan to like I planned to do it like when I was doing my itinerary like at home, but then mm -hmm. it just didn't work out that way with timing. Um, I would go back and camp there. I would honestly even like go back in over um Kearsarge Pass and just to go to Ray Lakes. Um, it was my probably my one of my favorite spots. Um trying to think yeah that's probably that's probably my number one that i would recommend i mean there's just so many like all the lakes everything's beautiful you really can't go wrong and pick a bad campsite there was definitely some more that are better but you really can't go wrong okay now it sounds like everything went pretty well out there did you ever run into any moments where you're like oh my gosh what am i doing out here or any any funny stories with people you ran into or, or circumstances um not really. I think I was pretty like open to just like talking to people and like I felt very comfortable talking to everyone right away. So I didn't really get any like weirdness with people. Um, I didn't have any moments where I'm like, what I had some moments where like this is really hard, like going up Silver Pass that day was like, what am I doing out here? Because this is really, really difficult. But nothing like where I was like, I'm extremely unprepared or I'm really nervous for my safety or anything like that um coming down mere pass I did slip and fall and like cut my leg open so I had a pretty pretty good gash there for a couple of days and obviously I still have a scar and that was a scary moment but you know it was just my leg and it wasn't like you know I didn't break anything I did nothing really actually that bad happened to me and I had some first aid supplies so it ended up being okay okay did you make it past hiker midnight what's that oh my goodness are you serious no, I don't know what that is. Hiker Midnight. Hiker Midnight is 9 p.m. Oh, like staying up or hiking? Staying up. Staying up. Oh, yeah. A couple times. Yeah, a co couple Not times out, out of the 23. Mm -hmm. Not when I was by myself, but with the guys I met, we had a couple of times we stayed up pretty late just, you know, talking and laughing and whatever. Um, I think our average bedtime was around 930-ish. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you exit out through uh, Mount Whitney? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Tell us, tell us about the Mount Whitney ascent. How did you, what was your, where'd you camp the night before? What was the the plan? How'd it go? That was a crazy day. Looking back that the whole day is kind of like, I feel like I almost still haven't processed that whole day. Truly. And we spent the night at guitar Lake. So we woke up at two in the morning to do the summit for sunrise. Um, 
and we were probably one of the first people on trail and let me start the saying but i'm a pretty slow hiker i'm like just a constant steady like solid pace and my buddies you know lightning Macbeth. we call him lightning for a reason he's extremely fast so we woke up at two i started hiking you know 2 30 kind of in front of the guys they all passed me up by three three thirty um and yeah you know you look back and you're and you look on the trail in the dark and you just see all these little headlamps coming up you know winding up the trail and it's just you're cold but you can't you don't want to stop because then you you want to stop to take a break or get water because then you're cold and I had like my gloves and then I had like my puffy and then I took my puffy off and then I put like my rain jacket on and I took my gloves off and I couldn't I couldn't like get comfortable in temperature for a while. It, it, I struggled for the first, like probably the first like two miles. I was like, I'm really uncomfortable. And you know, you're at the end of this 200 mile hiking trip. You think I know what I was doing by then as far as comfortability, but I didn't, I was really just like, I just think I felt really vulnerable out there in the dark, like in the dark. I, I was really uncomfortable. So by, you know, it's only a 4.5 mile from Guitar Lake to the summit, it took me four hours. I mean, it. I was not going fast. I was going really slow. And I, I just felt weighed down by my pack. And I was, you know, I think hiking the dark was really intense for me. But then I dropped my bear can off at um, the junction and that helped a lot. And so then I got up there just as the sun was coming up and I made it up there in time. My buddies were all up there and it was cold and it was absolutely incredible. Like seeing the sun come up over like that 360 view is absolutely, it's incredible. Um, I had made it just up as the sun was fully rising, but I got to see it kind of on the other side too, um, come up and see the pink start. And that was really amazing. Yeah. It was really incredible. Beautiful. Beautiful. Now we talked about campsites. Do you have a favorite uh, pass? Cause there's, there's several Mm -hmm. passes on the John Muir trail. I think what's, what's the pass right after Ray Lakes, Glenn. Glenn. I like that pass a lot. And I liked Forrester a lot. Forrester was not people. Everyone said it was like the hardest pass. I felt Forrester was one of the easiest passes for me. I also was most, you know, in altitude shape and fed at that time. I've been on the trail for a couple of days, but I, I liked the switchbacks going up and then coming up the top. And it was, I loved Forrester. That was so beautiful. And there was so many purple little flowers everywhere. I don't know what those flowers are called, but they were everywhere. And I was like, wow, we're at 13,000 feet. And there's just these flowers everywhere. It was really cool up there. Yeah, that particular flower, I think, is is it gr- only grows at high altitude in the Sierras. Yeah, I think you're right. I didn't see it anywhere else. And I, and we just got up there and I was like, oh my God, there's, there's hundreds. Like, where these all come from? Yeah, now what, what was the weather like when you were going over Forrester? Nice and sunny? Beautiful. Really? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, last year it was sunny for me when I went over Forrester. But uh, the two times prior to that, it was like thunderstorms. Oh yeah, we I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any yeah. thunderstorms going over any passes at all. And it's funny because I hiked I hiked a decent amount of them at thunderstorm time, you know, three to five p.m. I hiked a solid few at that time, which was make you know looking back maybe not, but all the skies were clear, so we just said go for it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I think we've already covered this point again, but I want to give you one more chance at it, and that is what what was the big takeaway? What was the big realization for you, maybe about yourself yeah. after the JMT? That I want to live a simpler, more connected to nature life, that all these things that I thought were giving me purpose kind of weren't that, you know, I'm doing this, I've been doing this career and all this stuff kind of for 
the potential future of what it would give me in life and the financial stability and all those things that I've just realized those things are not, they're important, but they are not what makes me truly happiness. And I want to live a life that's happy every day. And I, yeah, just that like being happy right now will lead to a future and not pursuing a career that will potentially give me a good future. Because if you're not happy now, what does the future even mean? You know? Okay. Here's where I ordinarily ask what's next for this rider. <laughs> but I think I know we've heard what's next. You, you're going to do Washington. I know we jumped to that a little early, huh? Yeah, we did. We did. That's all right. That's all right. And then you're going to Colorado and doing wilderness therapy. That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. That's the plan. All right. You have to check in with the podcast. Let us know how you're doing up in Washington. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Okay. The pro tip insight of the week. All right, Luna, it's that time where you have to drop some trail wisdom, something that's going to help our listeners uh, have a, a better experience next time they're out there doing some outdoor adventure. What do you have for us? Okay, this one is going to be, this is like pretty obvious, but I'm going to do this to like JMT hikers, newer hikers, backpackers, and specifically because I'm kind of a newer backpacker. So this is to someone who is maybe starting backpacking or is going on a first through hike or something like that. Continue to bring all the food that you sent yourself. Do not send any, do not get rid of all of it because you are not eating it in the first few days. Like the first week I was not hungry. I did not eat half the food I packed. And then when I got to, you know, uh, Mirror Trail Ranch and did my second resupply, I dumped half my food. And that was a huge mistake. By day eight, I was so hungry that I did not pack enough food and had to go into town a day early. So to anybody who's a newer backpacker, just bring all the food that you packed. You probably will eat it or someone else will eat it and it is worth carrying the weight. Okay. Very good. I mean, how much food did you throw away? Oh my gosh, too much. I I mean, other people ate it and I gave it to other people and I put it in the hiker box, but like I got rid of like probably a day and a half's worth of food because I didn't think I was going to need it. And then, you know, I needed it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I, I need to go into town. I have no food. I will not make it. Now, speaking of food, what is the one food item you thought about the most while you're on the trail? Oh, that's a good question. Fruit. I ate a lot of fruit at home. Fruit. Bananas, apples, pears, peaches, you know, I all those things on the daily. So as soon as I got into town, I would get an apple and I would get like a bunch and I would eat one and then I would put like three in the fridge and then I would make them cold and I would just eat apples like all day long and same with carrots. I ate so many apples and carrots in town and it was amazing. I'm surprised by that answer. We usually talk about uh, cheeseburgers, pizzas, chocolate shakes. Fruit fruit rarely enters the conversation. All those things are absolutely yes. And they, I ate all of them being in town, but like I missed fresh food. I cook a lot at home. I cook like almost all my meals. So it was really hard for me to not have fresh food and not have like, and I'm really lucky that I have such good access to fresh food and have such a clean diet. I'm really lucky in that way. Um, and I missed it, you know? Okay. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Luna. Want to thank her for joining us this week. Easy rider. How can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yeah. My, uh, Instagram is at Luna Sage in the wild. Um, I pretty much just do Instagram and then I've been trying to do TikTok, you know, trying to, why not? It's, it's the new thing. So I'm also at Luna Sage in the wild on TikTok, but primarily Instagram is probably where I'll be posting, um, just fun stuff of my next adventures. Okay. And Sage is your middle name? 
Yeah, Sage is my middle name. Luna Sage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How could she not be out in the outdoors with that kind of That's name? Right. Right? That's right. <laughs> right. All right. Hey, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamere at gmail.com. The Adventure Media Recommendation. All right. Easy Rider, I'm looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, website, something that's going to help our listeners stay connected to outdoor adventures. We're calling this our Adventure Media Recommendation. What do you have for us? Cool. I've got two. So okay. I'm going to plug the podcast that kind of got me obsessed with the PCT in the first place. Um, I think a lot of people actually might know about this podcast now, and she doesn't make new episodes, but go back and listen to some of them, and they're very inspiring. It's called the Hiking Through Podcast. Okay. Really, really good episode. She's got a lot of like, you know, like quadzillas on there. Like a lot of um, a lot of good people are on there, and it just goes into like extreme detail about what it takes to be a through hiker. And that's kind of the podcast that got me like, oh, I want to, I really want to do this. And who's the host? You say, you say she. Um, her name's Erin something. I can't remember her last name. She doesn't do any new episodes, but it's called Hiking Through. And it's really okay. good. Yeah, and All then. Right. The other one is um, I'm reading right now um, the Dharma Bums, and that's kind of like the old school, you know, gone with the wind hiker thing. And that's really been really interesting. I'm only like a couple chapters in, but I feel like that's going to be a really good book and kind of is that mountainous, you know, that pull of the mountains. Now, who wrote the Dharma Bums? Um, Jack Kerouac. Oh, OK. I, yeah, I, you, know, I, I, you know what? That that that. Uh... Totally makes sense. I, I had heard of the Dharma Bums. Yeah, Jack Kerouac. Yeah, I'm like 10 chapters in and it's really good. You know, I'm at the point where they're going on their first hike of the book and they're getting out in the mountains and he's like, this is it, you know, this is living. And I'm like, yeah, that I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What have we not asked you? All right, Easy Rider. Before we wrap things up, I've got just one more segment called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? What did we miss during the interview here? Oh, man, I think we covered it. Anything you can think of? Uh, you want to share make, maybe a little known fact about Luna Bailey? Mm. I also do weightlifting. You know, I'm a hiker and a weightlifter. I'm like kind of hiker trash and gym rat. It's very weird. Um, I do like um, like Olympic style weightlifting, like snatch and clean and jerk. So if you, you know, I might have a little bit of that on the social media as well. Okay. What do you, what do you, what, what weight are you snatching, cleaning and jerking? Uh, my snatch is about a hundred pounds right now. And then my clean and jerks like 125. So okay, it's all right. That's a good combo. I mean, I, I think there are probably benefits that you realize on the trail from your, your gym experience. 100%. Yeah. And now I'm just the hippie in the gym with the hairy armpits and the hairy legs. So it's really oh. interesting. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, that is a wrap from the John Freakamere studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Luna? Uh, shout out to my mom and my sister and, you know, just supporting me so much. I really appreciate all their love. It's been wonderful. We got to the very end of the podcast to find out that you have a sister. Oh, yeah. Her name's Willow. She's pretty cool, too. Willow. What's her middle name? Um, Hannah Rose. Willow Hannah Rose? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very good. Shout out to Willow. Nice. Oh, man. I wish I would have brought her up. I, I, she's the best. <laughs> do, you have, do you have some Willow stories you can share in a future episode? I'm sure I will, yeah. She's in Oregon right now studying to be a helicopter pilot. Um, so she's she's about us, for sure. 
Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're on the verge of a life-changing decision. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Thank you.